Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. And inside the house, inside the house, I was getting loved. I was getting nurtured. Um, I was learning values. I was learning a, a sense of responsibility. But when I went outside the house, I'm surrounded by gangs. I'm surrounded by drug dealers. I'm surrounded by drug addicts. Um, it, it was real, a real challenging, a real challenging time. It's intercepted. Picked up by Alex Molden. Welcome to The Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Hello, my, my guest this week on the Shark Effect podcast is Dr. Will Moreland. So Dr. Will is a mentor of mine. Um, I actually uh, got into his coaching program for speakers and I ended up learning about him from one of my good friends, Isaac Walker. And so Isaac, you know, we played together for four years at the University of Oregon and we became really close. And so when I told him that I'm getting into the speaking industry, man, he told me, he pointed me into the direction of Dr. Will. And I've been a fan ever since. So um, he has a fantastic story um, about change and he uh, has some some great information that you can be able to put, you can implement into your life right away. So without further ado, here's Dr. Will. All right, Dr. Will, man, tell me, how did you, you start? And I'm going to let you go back, you know, do the backdrop thing, but you've written over 50 books. That's right, sir. Over 50 books. How did that start? How did book one 
how did it how did it all start i, I want to learn that how did that start so it's an interesting story so a while back almost like 20 years now um i was i was pastoring and my congregants they were asking me about certain topics and things like that and they begin to just continuously week after week ask me about certain topics and you guys know that um, you can only give so much of your time and when i started seeing that the questions were repetitive i said well how can i put these questions uh, down and, and give them to people in the most effective way and that's where the initial book came from it was just me trying to get information out to my congregants and from there, um, the book did so well. And I just started looking at my life um, and saying, you know what? I've been uh, very blessed and very fortunate to experience a lot of the different things growing up where I grew up, having the opportunity to travel all around the world to 50 different countries um, in relationships. I've been married to my wife for 25 years. And so I said, you know what, for me, these books, are just going to be different expressions of myself. If, if something helped me and I think it can help somebody else, I was just going to share it. So back then the whole buzzword about branding and all that, that wasn't a big buzzword. So there was no thing about pick your niche and get rich. I just said, you know what, I'm gonna write books that I feel if they can help somebody like they helped me, then my job was done. So it wasn't about being a bestseller or anything like that. It wasn't about getting rich from the books. It was just, if I felt I had information, I was gonna share it. So for instance, um, I wrote the book, Copycat Millionaire. It was my experience of interviewing, not on an official basis, but my opportunity to interview and be trained and mentored by 150 uh, millionaires. And so I looked up one day and I said, wow, that's a lot of information. I looked at my journals, I, I keep a journal. And so I looked at my journals and I had some amazing notes. And so I said, let me take these notes. And I started taking these notes and I started seeing some similarities in some of the information that these millionaires were giving me. And so the first go around, I said, wait a minute, let me start implementing this stuff. They taught me Here's the blueprint. So let me start implementing it. I started implementing it. It worked. I looked up one day and I was fortunate enough to look at my uh, banking account. My accountant called me and he said, you reached the seven figure mark. And so I took that information and said, I just literally copied what was taught to me and I became a millionaire. So I wrote the book, Copycat Millionaire. And that's kind of, man, in the just how it all happened for me, man. I just wanted to share and empower people with information that helped me and I, I felt as though it could help them. Wow, that's, that's so powerful. And you know, with listening to you, you know, when you're talking about those millionaires, so I hear relationships, right? You had those relationships to be able to, to sit down and have those conversations and then you were smart enough to take notes. Now I wanna hear about some of the relationships that maybe weren't gonna make you that. That was actually the opposite maybe in your youth when you had to sever relationships you have any stories on that and i have a great story on when i had to sever relationships so this is when i was in the military and i made the choice that i was going to change my life around transform my life 
and really begin to make something of myself. I had a real good friend, real good friend that we literally worked together. We hung out together. Um, our, our families were close. Uh, he was married. I was married. So our families hung out on the weekends. We literally, if you saw him, you saw me. And when I got ready to make the change and really begin to start thinking about my future, um, this particular individual, he wasn't quite ready. You know, he still wanted to kind of club. He still wanted to kind of hang out and, and, and do things like that. And so he wasn't quite ready to make the change with me. And it was one of the most difficult things that I had to do, but I had to sever that relationship because I had to start questioning everything in my life. Was it helping me or hindering me, my activities, my relationships? And at that particular time, I take full responsibility. I wasn't strong enough. So for instance, if I was studying for school, but he wanted to, he wanted to come over and say, hey man, let's go hang out. I wasn't strong enough to say no um, I'm not going to go hang out. I'm going to do this work. So for me, I had to sever the relationship. And I remember everybody asking me, what's up with you and such and such? You guys aren't friends anymore. What's going on? And I, I will always say, no, we're still friends. I'm just focused on something different right now. And to his credit, though, to his credit, he never tried to pressure me. He never uh, tried to bad mouth me or anything. I, I believe he understood. And um, as I went on this new journey, 20 years later, 20, 20 years later, we literally reconnected and connected back up. And he told me, he said, you know what, man, back there when we were in our 20s, you did the right thing. I wasn't ready then, but you absolutely did the right thing. And so that was probably one of the most toughest um, relationships that I had to sever, but it was necessary for me to get to where I wanted to go and for me to become who I am today. Absolutely, man. That just... That's so powerful. And, and we go through those different stages at different points in our life. Like I can, I can remember being in high school. And once I started to find out about the word scholarship and what that can do for me and my family, I just, man, I just got so focused in all the going out and all that type of stuff with the fellas. I just, I stopped doing like cold Turkey. And, you know, I, you know, they, made fun of me, they told me I was a square, they did all this type of stuff. And when they was doing that, that just did nothing but gave me fuel. And it really pushed me to, man, I wanted something bigger and something better. And, you know, same thing, like 20, 30 years, man, these guys reach out to me, Alex, man, we're so proud of you on how, you know, you didn't succumb to all the peer pressure that was put on you, that we put on you, and you you know, you did something pretty cool in your life. So uh, I think those are those pivotal moments that you have to just see a better uh, vision for your, for your life and then start to kind of pull the weeds. Yeah, that's great. And you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. And I, I think you do it, you know, as you said, various times in your life, various times mm -hmm. in your life, you may have to do that. Um, as I begin to uh, grow and as I begin to really mature into who I, I wanted to become, at every level, I realized there were some people that maybe were healthy for me in the beginning, but they became unhealthy. And it's like, like you say, it's like pruning those, those leaves, pruning, pruning uh, those weeds, carrying them out. And you, you uh, have to do it over and over throughout, throughout your life. Mm, that's good. So... 
So, Dr. Will, you're from Compton. You're from CPT. Compton. CPT. CPT. Talk uh-huh. to me now. <laughs> Talk to me. How does, from a, a cat from Compton, and I didn't know Compton, you know, I'm from Colorado Springs. All right. I knew was NWA, right? I knew NWA. I knew uh, Easy e all them cats. And then I go to University of Oregon, and I start to meet, you know, good friends of mine. I'm still good. Isaac Walker. You know, right. all, these, all these cats that are from Compton, from uh, South Central L.A., and I start to learn about that life and what, you know, you guys had to go through. And I was like, man, I thought it was just on, on wax. And then I was in videos, man. But you, man, you lived that. And then to have the type of success, what was that it factor? You know, for me, Compton, um, there's this saying, it was the best of times and the worst of times. And that's exactly what it was for me and me and Compton. You know, I lived there with my grandmother and my mom, who was a, a single mother. And inside the house, inside the house, I was getting loved. I was getting nurtured. Um, I was learning values. I was learning a, a sense of responsibility. But when I went outside the house, I'm surrounded by gangs. I'm surrounded by drug dealers. I'm surrounded by drug addicts. Um, it, it was real, a real challenging, a real challenging time, and and not to have um, the essential, you know, mentors that you would need in your life at that time. You know, my mom and my grandmother, they did the best that they that they could, but the overwhelming influences that were on the outside began to pull me into uh, those negative activities. So I ended up, you know, joining the gang. I eventually. Uh, my girlfriend at a young age became pregnant. And so um, the only thing I thought of that I could do to prepare to take care of this child was to start selling, to start selling drugs. And so here I am, the best of worlds and the worst of worlds. My, you know, my mom and grandmother are doing the best that they can, but my activities, my choices in life are taking me down this, this road to uh, destruction. But it wasn't until uh, I was 19 years old, I was standing in front of a, a judge. And this judge I now call, as I've had time to reflect back, I call him the first disruptor in my life. And I think we all need that at some point. We need someone or something to disrupt our negative pattern of thinking, our negative activities. And so I'm in front of this judge and he tells me, he said, Mr. Moreland, uh, you're headed nowhere fast. You're headed nowhere fast. I need you to let me know why I shouldn't send you to one of our nice facilities here in California, aka jail. And he says, I'm going to give you two weeks, young man. I'm going to give you two weeks to go figure out something, to come back into my courtroom and give me a good reason why I should not put you into one of our nice facilities. I remember leaving that courtroom, not knowing what I was going to do, pretty much saying, you know what, this is going to be my two-week vacation because there's nothing more I can do. There's nothing I can tell this gentleman that's going to keep me out of jail, so I'm just going to live it up. And I remember going to the mall, the Hearthorn Mall, and as I'm walking in the mall, this gentleman walks up to me and he says, hey, young man. I said, yes, sir. He says, have you ever thought about joining the military? And I looked at him. And for whatever reason, Alec, in that moment, 
I said, this is it. This, I, had, I don't think I prayed for an answer, but in that moment, I said, this is, a, this is an answer to my prayer. I said, for sure, the judge would think this is a good idea. And I looked at him. His name was Corey Oliver. I looked at Corey, and I said, yep, let's go. And he looked at me because he wasn't used to people in my neighborhood going to the Army. It was just a routine for him, just a formality to walk through the mall and ask kids if they wanted to go. He would always get no's. So it was just a formality for him. But here's this kid that's saying yes. And I'll never forget, he calls back to his station commander. And I, I'll never forget, he calls back to his station commander. And I was so impressed because he had a cell phone and that's when they were real new. But he calls back to his <laughs> station commander and he says, hey, I got somebody who said yes. And I'll never forget his station commander through the phone. I heard him say, well, bring him in here, dummy. And so. <laughs> They they rushed me. They rushed me. <laughs> they to, rushed you. They man. They rushed me, man. They rushed me to the recruiting office. And man, this is you know, I mean, life just is funny like this. Life is funny like this. Let me tell you something, Alex. Mm. They rushed me to the recruiting office. They you have to to go into the military. You have to take this thing called the ASVAB test. They get me prepared to take the ASVAB test. They put my name in the system, registering me, and my name pops up. Oh. This kid's already taken the ASVAB test. And I was like, no, I've never taken the ASVAB test. I never thought about going to the Army. He's like, your name is here. This is you, right? I'm like, that's me. That's my birthday. But I've never. And then it clicked. I said, wait a minute. A year and a half ago, before I graduated high school, an Army recruiter came to the school. And they said, if you take this ASVAB test, you get to go home for the rest of the day. Like the ASVAB <laughs> test is like 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, you finish about 9, 9.30, you can go home. I'm like, free day? Boom, let's do it. Man, I had took this test a year and a half earlier, and they told me, they said, man, the test is only good for two years, man. You still got six months on your test. We can use this test to get you in. And I told them, I said, man, I was messing around, man. I was just playing around. But they were like, whatever you was doing, you scored high, so we're not going to uh. let you retake it. So, and, I mean, life just started connecting dots like that, man. I went back. Corey went back to court with me. He told the judge, he said, yes, this young man has signed up for the military. This is his leave date. He'll be going to basic training. The judge looked at me and said, young man, I'm proud of you. Go do something with your life. And I hold that in my mind that he was my first disruptor. And I'll never forget that statement that he told me, go do something with my life. Wow. That is, that's incredible. That's incredible. So you're talking about disruptors. What is another, because, so, uh, so now you're in the army and you're still kind of, kind of figuring things out, I assume. Yes, what, sir. Is, what is your next disruptor? Yeah. So my next disruptor, I'm in the army and this is for everybody that's listening to me. Please listen to me. You can want to be somewhere and you can want to do something and you can want to become something and have aspirations of becoming that. But if you don't have the mindset to become that individual or to accomplish that thing, it'll never happen. And what happened to me was I'm now um, in the military. I'm 8,000 miles away from Compton because my first duty station was Germany. And so now I'm 8,000 miles away physically, but Alex, mentally, I was still in Compton. Mm. I was physically in Germany with a new opportunity with a new path of life. But mentally, 
I was still that young kid in Compton. So I was angry. I was confrontational. Mm. And so literally my first month being in my new duty station, um, I got into a fight with a guy. It, it, it was very bad. I, I hurt him pretty bad. And they were getting ready to kick me out of the army. And this mm. is when I meet my second disruptor. His name was Sergeant Major Walter Babs. And my first sergeant, they were ready. They were writing up the paper. They said, you're getting out of here. You're nothing but a thug. We're kicking you out of here. And I go, and I have to go stand in front of the sergeant major. And he looks at me. And um, once again, God's grace and God's favor. Uh, this gentleman uh, was an African-American man who had been in the military for some time now, 20 years. And he looked at me. And he almost told me the same thing that that judge told me. He says, man, listen, you got an opportunity. You got an opportunity. I read your file. I hear, I see that you come from Compton. Man, you got an opportunity to change your life, but you're going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up. And he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm not going to kick you out. I'm going to let you come work for me. You're going to be my personal assistant. You're going to come work for me. Mm. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home. And I want you to come back and tell me, and this was the very first time anybody ever asked me this. He said, I want you to tell me, where do you see yourself in five years? No one had ever asked me that in my life because where I grew up, they told me, you're not going to even make it to your 18th birthday. And if you do make it to your 18th birthday, you're probably going to be in jail. And they were right because I was doing every activity to make that prophecy come alive. But this gentleman, Sergeant Major Babs, he says, where do you see yourself in five years? And I went back to my barracks room and I started really contemplating on that. Will, where do you see yourself? At mm -hmm. this time, that would have made me 24 years old. I was 19 in five years. I would be 24, 25 years old. I said, I want a college education to be the soldier I can be. He said, if that's really what you want, I can help you. Sign up for your college course and come back. And that kind of man, he was my dis second disruptor. Uh, I got on this flight just wanting to change my life and, and be better. And that's where it all started. Wow. That's incredible. That is something else. So, so tell me about, like, so when you was in Germany, you end up starting, and I don't know if this was uh, after you end up uh, getting out of the army or were you still in the army, but you started a consulting agency. So I started, so when I got back into college, I got back enrolled in, in college. Um, and as I'm in college, here's the third disruptor. I'm in college and I'm taking this speaking course and a lady, uh, the name of this book was Think and Grow Rich. A Black Choice by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. And she says, I want to give you this book and I want you to read this book. I think it will really help you out. Because she saw that I was still kind of rough around the edges. I was in college, but she could tell that, you know what, he was still kind of green. He's still kind of rough. And I started reading this book, Alex. And as I began to read this book, probably the first book that I probably read all the way through, um, being intentional, being on purpose without it being connected to some type of class or anything like that. And I read this book and my, the light just went off. The light just went off. Um, because at that point, I was still kind of unsure 
what success really looked like. Because up until that time, success for me was either playing sports or uh, uh, being an entertainer or, or something like that. I, I didn't really have a picture. So I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading this book, um, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. And I'm reading about all these phenomenal, uh, outstanding entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders in the African-American community. And one such gentleman stood out to me. His name was Reginald F. Lewis. And Reginald F. Lewis was the first African-American man to uh, purchase a billion-dollar business, Beatrice International. And I tell you, when I read that, the light bulb just went off. I now knew. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what, this is what I want to do. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business individual. And I knew I wanted to work in the area of personal development. I didn't know quite how I was going to do it. but I, I leave the military. I start my consultant company. I was so fortunate that um, I connected with a great mentor. He gave me some excellent business advice. Um, I end up getting a huge military contract that was able to sustain my uh, my company for that that initial one to two years, actually, mm -hmm. uh, for me to learn the business. And as they say, man, now the rest is the rest is history, man. Here we are today. Wow. So, so tell me, what is genius potential? So genius I know this potential. is your book. I mean, you have a this book. Is, yeah, this is, this is it. So genius potential is, you know, I've written um, 50 plus books, but genius potential is the book that kind of put me, uh, what you say, on the map. This was kind of um, my thrust into the personal development uh, arena. And so, like many of us, we wonder, why are we here? Why, why are we here? What's our purpose? What's, what's our purpose on this planet? And about 25 years ago, I asked myself that same question. I said, why are you here? What, did, what, are, you, what are you here to do? And for me, when I have these type of questions, my, my practice is to pray. I, I, I get down and I pray and I was praying and I said, God, you know, I don't know exactly what it is you want me to do, but whatever it is, I just don't want to be average. I want to be exceptional. Whatever you want me to do, I just want to be exceptional. And I remember saying that prayer, and I remember every day, you know, I try to read a passage of scripture. And I remember coming across a scripture in Corinthians, and it said, um, every man has his own proper gift. Every man has his own proper gift. I started looking at that and really began to meditate on that. Every person had his own proper gift. I started really researching that word gift. I came across the word genius. Now, usually when you hear the word genius, you think about people like Steve Jobs, you think about Aristotle, you think about Mozart, you think about people who can play the piano exceptionally well, or people like Picasso that can paint. But when I began to read the definition of genius, it simply said, Alex, that a genius is a person who has a natural gift and they work hard to develop it. That was the definition. Mm -hmm. You have a natural gift and you work hard to develop it. So I go back to that scripture. Everybody has a natural genius. Everybody has it. So that means everybody has genius potential. And so the more I began to study, I studied everything about genius. And here's what I found out in doing my research, Alex. And this is pretty interesting. Um, and this, this is medically proven, scientifically proven. Each of us, all of us, um, up into the, the age of 
uh, four or five are operating at this genius level. We're operating at this genius level. You, you know yourself, you, you've been through this eight times. You know young children do some of the most phenomenal, amazing things. And we're like, how did they do that? Yeah. How, how, how did they learn to talk? How, how do we learn to walk? How do we, you know, these are genius level things that we're doing. What happens is, unfortunately, that genius begins to get suppressed. It begins to get hid. And I'll give you, particularly for me, my particular genius is that of speaking, communicating, and teaching. But as a little kid, guess what I was always told all the time, Alex? Be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> Be quiet. Kids need to be what? Seen, not heard. Not heard. That's right. So here my genius is communication, and I'm being told, shut up. I remember every time my mom would come to school, Will is an excellent student. He's outstanding. He just won't shut up. And so my mom, listen, I don't want to come up to this school again for you talking. And so now my genius is being shut down until I get out of, you know, till I get out of high school because my school, you know, we didn't have no debate team or anything like that. So there's no, no way we can express ourselves. So for an individual like me, and I believe most of us fall into this category that you're not going to fall into one of the, the subjects that you're, they're teaching. You're not going to be a math genius. You're not going to be a historical buff. You're not going to be a scientific genius. Many of us are going to have geniuses that are outside of what they're teaching us in school. And so, so many people like me struggle. They struggle through elementary, struggle through junior high, struggle to high school, and eventually, hopefully into adulthood, they get to tap into their genius. So for me, genius potential is highlighting for everybody, allowing them to understand you do have a genius. And the thing that the book teaches you is to identify that genius, then to develop that genius, and then to release that genius into the world. And so for the last, you know, 20 years, that's been my message that I've been trying to travel the world and let people know, no, there's a genius. There's a better version of you on the inside of yourself. When I look at myself, you know, um, because of certain circumstances, I was a drug dealer, a gangbanger, but there was a Dr. Will inside of that individual, that same guy that used to hang out on the street there was a Dr. Will that had 50 books on the inside of him. There was a Dr. Will that was going to travel the world. There was a Dr. Will that was going to impact millions of lives. I just had to get introduced to my genius. And when that happened, and when that happens for anybody, your life changes. That is so incredibly powerful. That is so powerful, Dr. Will. So, so let me ask, what's next? What's next for Dr. Will? So now I'm at a phase where I think everybody in life um, needs to get to. If you're not aware of it, we'll talk about it right now. But I think we all go through these phases. The first phase is stability, right? You're just trying to find out who you are. Who, who are you as an individual? Who are you as a person? Where do you fit in this world? Stability. If you come from an impoverished place like me, you're really trying to get to stability where the day-to-day -day things in life um, are, are not a struggle. So you have stability. The next phase, Alex, is where most people find themselves, and that's wanting to achieve success, wanting to be successful. And so for me, success is personal, though. It's what you've accomplished. It's the car you drive. It's the house you live in. It's the clothes you wear. 
it's your degrees, it's what you've won, it's the awards you've been given, and that's all fine and dandy, but I think all of us should strive to get to this next phase where I'm now entering into, and I call that significance. And so for me, it's um, where significance is, what's your mark gonna be on the world? What are you gonna do for other people? Success is what you do for yourself, significance is what you do for other people. And so in 2020, well, actually in 2019, I made the choice that um, I was going to retire from professional speaking and dedicate my time to working with other speakers, authors, consultants, and leaders and helping them amplify their message and amplify their voice. And um, so that's what really wakes me up every morning. I get so excited to get on these coaching calls and and work with different speakers around the world and hear their story, hear what they want to do, hear what they want to release into the world, um, help them identify their genius, their messaging. And um, I'm really, you know, uh, I moved um, uh, I moved here to St. Martin uh, on the island so we could concentrate on that. And so we're doing split time. We're living in Phoenix and living in St. Martin now. And um I'm just having a ball now, man. I'm 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 moving into that phase of significance and um, just really wanting to impact uh, other individuals' lives and help them unpack their genius so they can have a significant impact in the world as well. Mm, that's beautiful. And so is St. Martin. I would think. I see all the pictures. I follow you, so I know. <laughs> that's beautiful, Saint Martin, man. So, uh, so Dr. Will, man, he's. You know, for my listeners, Dr. Will is a, uh, he, he's my speaking coach. And I ended up linking up with him about two years ago. And he had this, this, uh, this online uh, course, this online course uh, mixed in with, you know, with live, but, but it taught you the business of speaking. And, you know, I should just give talks to, you know, to kids and, and in different organizations because they found out that I play professional football. And so they just want to hear stories about team and, you know, the different teams I've been on, some good, some bad, some were bad. And then we, we uh, transitioned to good, but I didn't know how to, how to create these different stories. And so um, I linked up with Dr. Will through our good friend, Isaac Walker, and it really kind of took my game to a whole nother level. So uh, Dr. Will, how can they, how can my listeners find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm simple. Um, you can follow me on all social media and at my website at Dr. Will Speaks is my social media handle. DrWillSpeaks.com is my website. Um, I would love to connect with you. I would love to, if uh, we fit, to work with you and to help you craft your story and, and amplify your voice and get your message out there. If you have a product or a service that you are in constant communication with people about. I work with uh, influencers to help them get their message out. I work with uh, individuals that are in MLM who have a product, but you need to learn how to craft your story. So when you're trying to compel people to purchase your services or your product, that you have a well-crafted story that makes sense, that they can resonate with that makes them now want to become your customer or your client. And so I would love to connect with you. Once again, it's drwillspeaks.com and at drwillspeaks is the social media handles. Absolutely. And, you know, if you don't follow him, you, you need to follow him. 
Uh, you need to follow him on, especially on Facebook, because Doctor, you do a lot of lives, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking and I'm learning, and they're little short, little between maybe, I don't know, four and ten minute, kind of just your point of view, and it really, it's, it's really it expands me. I call it, it's kind of like reading a book, you know, <laughs> or at least reading a chapter. So, um, you know, he's a great individual who has tons of knowledge. And I'm always trying to expand. And Dr. Will, you have been um, a person that, that I look up to and that I just want more people to know uh, more about you and, and, and how you serve. So thank you for being a guest on the Shark Effect podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition what whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.